Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Podcast One presents The Doctor and Mrs. Guinea Pig Show with Heather and Terry Dubrow. Does it work or is it a crock? No worries. Doctor and Mrs. Guinea Pig are on the case. So, you have a taste for pizza, huh? Certainly understandable, but before you decide on what kind, can we tempt you into going thin? Yes, Little Caesars has a large, extra most bestest thin crust pizza available right now for only $6.49. It's thin on crust, but big on taste with extra cheese and the most pepperoni, all at the nation's best price. The extra most bestest thin crust pizza, only $6.49 at participating Little Caesars locations, plus tax where applicable. Order one online tonight and skip the register with Pizza Portal Pickup. Claim of extra cheese and most pepperoni all at the nation's best price is based on comparison of the following pizzas for the four top national pizza chains. Little Caesars extra most best is thin crust pepperoni pizza and the other three pizza chains large round standard menu one topping thin crust pepperoni pizza sold at everyday menu prices. This is Dr. and Mrs. Guinea Pig. I'm Heather Dubrow. And I'm Dr. Terry Dubrow. Welcome back everybody. Hello. Hi. What's going on, honey? Um, I had a very productive day. Did a podcast. Made a new friend. Made a new friend? Yeah. Who's the new friend? So I'll just tell you briefly because people um, will have heard her on my show already. But Liz Astroff. So she is um, a highly decorated is the word I'm thinking of. But it's not the right word. Like she's like got. Producer. Em- no, she's got Emmys. No. Executive producer, writer, showrunner. Okay. Like what shows? Um, like two broke girls, like I, yeah, I have a like, book with me, like like, like big shows, girl, like shows now. That's not on the air right now, but okay. huge shows. She's done huge network television shows. Um, anyway, so she had a, she has a new book out, right? And it's you. I showed it to you. Remember, you thought it was so funny because she talks about she's a stay at work mom. Oh yeah, she's so funny. Anyway, I read her book and I'm totally like laughing my ass off reading her book. It's so, so funny. And then by the end of the book, I was like, God, I feel like we should be friends. But, and I'm going to get to a point about why I wanted to bring it up, but I meet her and she goes, so Leslie, blah, blah, blah. And we start talking. So we're sorority sisters. You're kidding me. But like literally sorority sisters. So she went to Syracuse. She was a sophomore when I was a senior. Wow. I know. She, it's funny because she said we were all scared of you, and then we started to dive into it, but I never got back to that. I'm like, good. Anyway. <laughs> Did she know you? Yeah, of course. Do you remember her? No, because she pledged as a sophomore. So I was a senior already, and I don't really You're remember. checked out. Yeah, I don't really remember them. So, but she's really good friends because she was a sophomore, so most of my friends were juniors. So right. she's really good friends with, like, remember Leslie and Amy? And- oh, yeah. Felicia and all the girls. So wow. she's friends with them. And it's so funny. So we're like, I, I can't, we're going to be best friends now. Like we have to be best friends. But anyway, the reason why I'm bringing it up is because what I found fascinating about her, like I said, you know, we're both like New York Jewish girls, right? Right. But the her beginnings were terrible. She had a very, very abusive mother who left her when she was five and then basically kidnapped her for a few weeks. And, oh, it was a disaster. They were, she used to, beat them and they, she and her brother used to hide under the bed. I mean, it was like crazy. Ugh. And you know, it's funny how you come out of situations like that. Stronger? Well, it depends. I mean... If you survive? Yeah, if you survive that. I mean, wouldn't you say that people come out of those kinds of situations either completely messed up or they weirdly find a way to survive? Well, look at me with my stepfather. Right. Total creep. Yeah. Yeah. No. But you, you could have gone two different ways with that. Oh, I wanted to be everything he wasn't. You know, he was, I felt abusive and unkind. Abused, you mean? You felt abused? I felt he was abusive and unkind and uh, he didn't like my ambition. He didn't like my personality. He was jealous of it. I don't know. I don't know. He didn't like anything. And so it, 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 well, you know what? Time Magazine did an article a long time ago about the factors that are responsible for people becoming successful. Okay, that's what I want to hear about. And one of the most common denominators is, was that. A lot of people had adversity in the first part of their lives that they had to, you know, overcome. Overcome, and so if you've had, like, I always worry about that with our kids. That's they have my, no that's adversity. My question. Yeah. So if you have no adversity, because you and I have talked about this before, obviously, um, but if you have no adversity in your life, how do you how do you have the fire? 
Well, I mean, hopefully you have the parents that motivate you and put you to task and set up challenges that you have to overcome. We're failing. Yeah. I th- <laughs> we're, we're a bit – I mean, we try to push them, but we're a bit promiscuous, I think. Uh, you know, permissive. Yeah, I was going to say promiscu- we're promiscuous. Oh, my gosh. I'm so tired. Oh, I'm my so gosh. tired. Sorry. Cabo didn't help you, huh? Uh, in a way, Cabo was more stressful for me. I'll tell you why. Even though I was very relaxed and I got a lot of sleep, I ate so much more than I normally eat. Yeah. That we took the cheat day to an extreme. My body was stressed the whole time. I mean, I was literally full before every single meal. <laughs> so bad. We have to fix that before we go to Italy. Mm. Absolutely. But, well, in Italy, we're not going to sit around by the pool eating. No, we'll do what we did in France. We'll walk around eating. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at least we'll burn. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah. And then I got back and, um, you know, the first day I slept pretty well. Second day I slept pretty well. And the third day I couldn't sleep at all. Couldn't sleep at all. And last night I couldn't sleep at all. Yeah, I noticed that. You were up. Zero. And then... Um, I was out. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah, that's With good. With no help from any substance. Isn't that good? Yes. That was a good sleep. I'll tell you, when I have to take something to sleep, it's it's not a good sleep. No. You don't get the good uh, REM sleep, the good deep, slow-wave sleep. Plus, if you're like me or probably you because you're pretty sensitive, we get hungover. Yeah. Whether it's melatonin or any other kind of sleep aid, it's just, gosh, you know, so... A lot of people have been asking me about anxiety since I posted that video. Right. thought we could talk about anxiety because I talked about the, our box breathing thing. I tried it for about 40 minutes last night. I just couldn't put myself to sleep. No, but it's not meant to put you to sleep. It's no, meant to relax, relax you. you. Yeah. But what I, do you want to talk about anxiety a little bit? Sure. So, because Daisy Fuentes was here today. Oh, and, how was yeah, she? Yeah, she's good. Um, Richard got really sick on tour. With what? They don't know. It, what were the symptoms? He had like 103 fever and had no aches, no chills, nothing like that. Just like malaise, like couldn't get up. Sounds viral. Yeah. Oh, what a bummer. I know. But he still performed. Yeah, of course he did. He's like you. He's tough. Yeah. Yeah. Richard still Marks, killed tough it. guy. Still yeah. did great. Yeah. You look handsome. Ugh. I'm so hideous. <laughs> So, <laughs> oh, I'm exhausted. So anyway, let's talk about anxiety. Go. Okay. So I talked about the box breathing, but she was saying, I, I was she talk- being Daisy. Daisy, Daisy was da- Daisy thinks that a lot of it because I was talking about how I had you know like this woke up with gripping anxiety, my chest was tight, the whole thing. And even though intellectually I knew nothing was wrong, it was hard for me. Right. And I had to like get through it because I've always had anxiety like that. Right. Genetic. I said, that's what I was like. I was like, look, it's biology. Sometimes we all get anxiety over things that are actually going on in our life. And sometimes it's just biology. Or both. Or both. Right. And so that's what we were talking about. Because she thinks it's also like your subconscious, you know, working on you, all these things that are going on in your mind. And yeah. That bleeds through. I agree with that. You're listening to Dr. and Mrs. Guinea Pig with Terry and Heather Dubrow. If you're on birth control, looking to get back on or want to try it for the first time, then you know how difficult, annoying, and honestly confusing that process can be. From figuring out which method you want to dealing with refills at the pharmacy or remembering to renew your prescription, it's anything but simple. Enter Simple Health. They're changing all that with online birth controls, prescriptions, and free home delivery, making birth control accessible, convenient, and affordable for all women. Here's how it works. Go to simplehealth.com dot com slash DMGP. That's like Dr. Mrs. Guinea Pig. Simplehealth.com slash DMGP. You fill out an online health profile with your medical history, conditions, and birth control preferences. Whether you already know the exact brand you want or you need something to skip periods and manage acne, Simple Health has got you covered. A licensed doctor will review your information, determine if you're a good candidate for birth control, and write your prescription for the right method, whether that's the pill, patch, or ring. Then your birth control ships to your door for free on a recurring reschedule, so you never have to worry about forgetting a refill or missing a pill again. There's all reasons that women need birth control, and it's frustrating. It's hard and to make an appointment and go in, and sometimes you have to pay a fee to even see the doctor, or then you don't see the doctor and you see someone else. It's a whole big rigmarole. You're waiting. It takes up so much of your day. This is such an easier way to just get... Your birth control. I mean, come on. It doesn't have to. We want you to do your regular 
exams every year and get your pap smears and obviously all that. You must see the doctor every year. But we're talking about birth control. We can make the process easier, right? There's no medical reason to link those visits to contraception. So don't miss your chance to try Simple Health for free with our code by going to simplehealth.com slash DMGP or enter code DMGP at checkout. This is Dr. and Mrs. Guinea Pig. So what do you think are good tips for managing anxiety? We talked about box breathing, clearly exercise. Well, I think for me, the best uh, treatment for anxiety in a general way is to very simply, you know, live in the moment, you know, because anxiety is all about you being concerned about something that's going to happen to you in an adverse negative way in the future. Because if you knew, you knew that tomorrow and the next day and the next day and so on, we're going to be fabulous. You're going to be healthy, happy, monetarily stable. Do you think you'd have anxiety? Yes, because that's what the thing is about having an anxiety disorder that you can't understand if you don't have this. So that's why in the middle of a vacation where we're having, not to be TMI, great sex, Well, you're worried about food. what's going to happen when you come back. I was not shoot. worried. I, but you could say subconsciously, but I'm telling you, I was went to sleep happy and I just woke up, didn't have bad dreams, and just woke up with gripping panic, and that happens. And I got a lot of messages from people saying, oh, my God, I'm glad you said this because I'm on a vacation or this has happened to me before, and I feel guilty that I'm having a, an anxiety attack when everything's so good. Right. Well, I think that kind of anxiety where everything's so good and everything looks like it's going to be so good in the future is probably a biological anxiety. because right. I, But I think most forms of anxiety are related to the unknown the future unknown. Absolutely. And I agree with that. But I'm just saying for those times and those people where it is just biology and you can't talk yourself out of it because there is nothing to talk yourself out of. And it's just inside of you. It's like a box you can't get out of. Right. Right. So that's when you need those tools. Yeah. I mean, you know, the behavioral tools obviously are mindfulness, try to relax, try to go to the bigger picture and realize that that the anxiety you may or may not have, whether it's subconscious, like Daisy says or not. I mean, if it is a subconscious anxiety, then it's not necessarily biological. If right. you are concerned on a subconscious level right. about what's happening in the future. And so I think you can do things mechanically for your body in terms of, you know, relaxation techniques and meditation and box breathing, deep breathing and so on to try to increase oxygen delivery to your body. And that's what box breathing does. By the way, in case you don't know, box breathing is a technique technique that people in the that's very popular among people who have to perform under high stress situations do and very typically in the military or it's a it's a real technique for shooters people who need to shoot very accurately so how do you calm your body so you're very very sort of immobile and you can aim at the tr- at the Target, target, squeeze the trigger with minimal mo- motion and breathing and clarity and hit the target. That's where box breathing, I think, is really the most powerful. You breathe in for four seconds, you hold for four seconds, you breathe out for four seconds, and then you hold for four seconds. And what that does physiologically is it increases the CO2 in your blood. And when you increase the CO2 in your blood and you maintain good oxygen levels, what happens is you make your blood more acidic. And as you make your blood more acidic, it shifts the hemoglobin, the protein that carries oxygen's ability to release oxygen to your tissues. And it makes it easier. So the more acid environment, the more easily the hemoglobin will give up oxygen to your tissues and maximize oxygen delivery. So at the same oxygen level, you're actually delivering more to the actual tissues from the protein hemoglobin that that carries the oxygen. So when you do that, you bathe everything in oxygen. And when you do that, you're relaxed, your blood vessels open up, you're calm. So that's why it's a calming effect. So that's something you can do in the immediate short term. Obviously, if you're having, you know, thoughts, which I think a lot of people have, anxiety. Especially moving into like holiday season. Yeah. Then you need to not only do those things mechanically for your body that slows down your heart, that 
um, softens the adrenal response, the epinephrine, the fight or flight response, and you you know things like exercise, which is critical, a good night's sleep, which is easier said than done, the relaxation, mindful techniques of meditation, the box breathing, but thought therapy and thought therapy obviously involves realizing that your anxiety most likely is based on concerns about future problems that mostly will never materialize and probably 99% of it never materializes. And obviously techniques about that can, you know, if it's really bad, you can take out a yellow legal pad and say, what am I really worried about? Write them down. Write them down. What are the worst things that can happen? You say, well, I'm concerned my, my health will deteriorate or I will lose my job and, or this. And so if you start to write down the top three, four, five things, for example, let's say you're having anxiety related to work, which I think a lot of people have. Sure. Um, you say, I'm, what do you really, really be you got to be really truthful with, with yourself. What are you really worried about at work? You're worried you're going to get fired, okay? You're not meeting your sales quotients. You're not getting along with your boss. And so you say, okay, am I going to get fired? And then you look at you go, am I really close to getting fired? Because I think you really know if you're actually right. having enough of a problem. And so you say, well, probably not. But – Obviously, my work environment, if that's their number one anxiety-producing emotion, is unstable. It's anxiety-producing. So start then listing the sub-factors that maybe can make your work environment more stable. Blah, like what blah, steps blah. can you take to yeah. make it better? And then if, if your number one anxiety is um, – well, I mean, it is your relationships. Uh, you know, we always talk about what are the most anxiety-producing things in life. Number one, of course, they always say is death of a spouse. Right. Number two – which it's, uh, which I don't really moving. believe moving, moving. I don't really. Moving. Believe. I think it's moving because not only is moving stressful, obviously, but it's also it's change, and it most is. people, you know, have difficulty with change. It's true, but I think for a man, and I can't speak for a woman, but for a man, financial anxiety is. Number two. Number one is health anxiety. Number two is financial anxiety. I and mean, if you're worried about your health, that is the scariest thing on the planet. Yeah, of course. Number two, for a man anyway, and you have to tell me whether you agree with this, for a woman, if you're worried about how you're going to put food on your table, how you're going to save for your future, how you're going to maintain your current lifestyle, or how you're going to prevent a disaster in your life, financially from happening if you're worried about that that is one if not the but just below health the worst anxiety a man can have yeah yeah because we've all but don't that. we all have that for in some way we all i mean don't you think about that you worry about that i think about it i worry about it well i'm talking about when there are t- for example 2006 7 and 8 when the world was basically coming to an end yeah. the global financial crisis Everybody I knew had massive anxiety. I mean, the amount of alcohol people, my friends were drinking starting at 10 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday went through the roof. Mm -hmm. And that level of anxiety, you know, um, taught me to prepare for a disaster. You live through one of those two or three moments in history where the world is coming to an end financially. Changes you. You never want to do that again. No. And so, um, you know, in that, that health disaster that I almost had that turned out to be a false positive with that cardiac exam that wasn't accurate, right. that looked like I was about to have a heart attack, that sent me into major anxiety. So these are all really good points. You know what I, so you know what I think is important now what? that you're talking about all this? What? Is that, you know, I keep talking about how there's like like 65 or 70 days left in the decade. Right. To and, the year and yeah. to the decade. And, and not only that, the most stressful 60 days of, 70 days of the year are coming. Yep. Not just re- for relationships, but financially and the Everything. whole thing. So I think my advice would be to start planning now. I like getting up. By the way, I have a yellow legal pad right here in my bag. Okay. As you see. See that? I see it. Um, I would write down all the major categories. Relationships, work, family, kids, um, Christmas, Hanukkah, whatever your things are, and start planning it out. 
Who are you? Who is important to you to see this holiday season? How are you going to structure it so it's not stressful to you? Because you know some relatives are easier than others. How are you going to handle that financially? What are you going to spend money on this year and figure it out now? Because I think a lot of times people get stressed because in the moment they just end up spending too much, and then they worry about, and then they're freaked out later. Uh, you know what I mean? Well, I think that's very wise. I think the the this is the perfect time right before. The major stress time is about to occur in all of our lives. If you can preemptively prepare yourself, I think that's the... It's like there's a storm coming. It, you know, like when there's like a hurricane or something coming, everyone goes to the market, they stock up on toilet paper, they get their canned beans, everyone's like ready, you go in your bunker or whatever you're doing. I think that that's the same way. And I hate to talk about the holidays negatively like that, but you know when you're prepared, the hurricane passes over. Sometimes, you know, I I think you're right, because I think, you know, when not only obviously is this the most stressful time of the year, the fact that just as you said, it's the end of a decade, it sort of augments any kind of relatively stress you have uh, with, with, with it being the end of the year and a changing in the decade, because you think to yourself, New Year's, you're going to go, okay, wow, this is 2020. And you can't help but if it goes from 2017 to 2018, that's a nothing. You still have the stresses of those that last quarter of the year. But when you change decades, particularly when you're over the age of sort of 30 and beyond, particularly 40, because to us, anything in the 2000s seems like seems like recent. way <laughs> seems like way in the future because we right, were born right. in this in the pre in the 1900s. Isn't right? that weird? So it's like, wow. I mean, this is really way off. I'm really getting old. 2020. Yeah. I mean, when you thought about it 30 years ago. And you thought about turn of the century, you thought 2000, I'll be, you know, old. I, old, I know, right. And and I also think of it, the changing of a decade, it reminds me of a milestone birthday. So, you know, like you turn 30, 40, 50, exactly. 60, whatever it is, it's like a big deal. So this is like a big deal. So I feel like we're all like the world is having a milestone birthday together. And so what are you going to do to not just prepare for it? So meaning like we're talking about financially, figure out what you're doing interpersonal relationships. Who do you want to see? Who's important to you to spend time with? Get rid of who you have to spend time, unless it's like a relative that you really have to spend time with. You know, get rid of those random people and just spend time with the people that are important to you that you really enjoy spending the time with. Figure out your money situation so that you know what you have to spend on gifts and allocate it. By the way, I do that now. I figure out like who I need to buy gifts for, how much money I'm spending on each person. I do that right at the front so I don't like turn around and go, oh, what did I just do? I spent too much here and too much there. And then it's crazy. And when, cause I think that when you have all that down, not only does it reduce your anxiety, but it actually allows you to enjoy the season more to minimize. Cause the I can't stand saying myself or hear, hearing people say, I just need to get through the holidays. You're listening to Dr. And Mrs. Guinea pig with Terry and Heather Dubrow. Oh, hiring can be a slow process. Did you know that Cafe Altura's COO, Dylan Miskowitz, he needed to hire a director of coffee for his organic coffee company, but he couldn't find any qualified applicants. So you know what he did? He switched to ZipRecruiter. This is a true story. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply for your job. So ZipRecruiter is getting you qualified candidates Fast. Dylan posted his job on ZipRecruiter and said he was impressed by how quickly he had great candidates apply. He also used ZipRecruiter's candidate rating feature to filter his applicants so he could focus on the most relevant ones. And that's how Dylan found his new director of coffee in just a few days. I mean, with results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. So see why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at their exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash guinea pig, G-U-I-N-E-A-P-I-G. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash guinea pig, ZipRecruiter.com slash guinea pig, ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. As always, a big thank you for listening to the show, and we'd like to ask a small but very important favor of you. It'll only take a few minutes, and if you're one of the first people to do it, Podcast One will make it worth your time. 
literally, we need you to complete a short survey because the information you give us can help make things better for the show and you as a listener. So just go to podcastone.com slash survey and everything will be right there for you. That's podcastone.com slash survey. The first 250 people who complete the survey will get a $10 card to amazon.com and two grand prize winners will be selected at random to get a $100 Amazon gift card. How about that? Free money. It's a win-win. Our shows are supported by advertisers. So filling this out will really help us cater to the needs of you as a listener. So please, please, please go to podcastone.com slash survey, answer some questions, and potentially make some money along the way. Thank you so much for being a dedicated listener. Now, back to Dr. and Mrs. Guinea Pig with Terry and Heather Dubrow. I think that a really good piece of advice for people is... Write down on this yellow legal pad that we're telling you to pull out now for this upcoming super stressful time augmented by the change in the centuries. Write down what you plan to spend total budget on Christmas, right? Like what's the most you want to spend? Right. That's what I was talking about. And yeah. And cut it in half. Because what you – unless you're doing extraordinarily well financially – if you write down X amount and you spend, you think you're going to spend X amount, you're probably going to spend 2X amount. It's probably just like... So build. give yourself some wiggle room. Yeah. So write down X divided by 2. So if you're going to spend 1000 bucks on your family and friends for Christmas, say to yourself, I am not going to spend more than 500 and Buy gifts. Write down gifts that are equal to 500 and therefore you have some wiggle room. You know, but the biggest mistake, I mean, we've done this in the past. We have taken some of the worst times in our lives financially and spent extraordinary amounts of money for Christmas. I have watched us do this and I thought, are we really doing this? You know, the 30 gifts for each kid at 2007, we did that. And oh, yeah. Oh, he's looking yeah. at me, but what he doesn't understand is those were little plastic Hot Wheels sets and stuff. It's not like they were getting Gucci. Yeah, but you could still look at the American Express bill and go, whoa, we whatever. Whatever it was, well, this. we could beg to differ, but I'm telling you, the the final bill is the final bill. And what you don't want to do is screw yourself going into this new decade, this new year financially. That that goes right back to me. My feeling of financial anxiety is one of the worst anxieties you can have. Okay, so that's financial. Let's talk about health. Well, I mean, so we got we got seventy days left. Okay, so obviously the next few months being the most stressful can affect your health the worst. And if you have any kind of health issues going into the holidays, if you ever wanted to predict a time when those health issues might suddenly get worse, it's the next several months. Right. Because there's no question heart attack rates, stroke rates, high blood pressure going through the roof, it, it all maximizes during the next few months. So what can you do to minimize that change in all of that. Well, I mean, write that down. Write down health, okay? And write down your, right below health, write down your existing medical issues. Whatever it is, you've got high blood pressure, you've got PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, whatever it is you have, you say, okay, all of those things are the dartboard for my stress to make things worse because stress is like darts to a dartboard. Stress to your health is like darts to a dartboard, okay? So if you've already got health conditions that are less than ideal, they're going to potentially get worse. So you say to yourself, all right, how can I defend myself? We talked about financially. You can bolster up your plans and make sure you don't spend irresponsibly and too much. Well, how can you do the same? Let's say you have high blood pressure and you think, well, I think it's sort of been okay. I'm on blood pressure medication. I'm just using this as an example, whatever it is your thing. Well, I have news for you. Even if you're on a blood pressure medication that's relatively or even well controlling your blood pressure, um, as you go into the holidays, I promise you, if you took your blood pressure 10 times a day, oh, it is it's the, spike. the mean, the yeah. average of those blood pressure, that blood pressure is going to be so much higher than it has been for the last nine months. So you say to yourself, okay, what can I do to minimize the effect of stress on that? Well, the best thing to do is 
start taking your blood pressure now, a couple, three times a day. And if you find, hmm, I actually don't have as much control as I thought, then you speak to your doctor and maybe up your blood pressure medication. So if you have blood pressure problems or cholesterol problems, you want to get checked with everything now, you're saying? Right now. Get ahead of it. Yeah. And so blood pressure can be a disaster. Two, let's say, you know, you are a... Fifty-something-year-old woman, or forty, late forties, or mid forties, and you're you've been fatigued, and you haven't been sleeping well. Night sweats, and you're entering into a, the change of life era. That Which is gonna, honestly is thirty-five on. Okay, but that's going to get worse in the next three months. I promise you. And if that gets worse, you're going to suffer through the holidays more. That's a self-fulfilling vicious cycle of as that gets worse, as stress makes that worse, you feel worse and that makes the stress worse and everything. So maybe now's the time to prophylactically, preemptively go into in your doctor's office and say, you know, the hormones you're giving me, I'm not really sure. In other words, take, take your temperature right now in terms of all those health things. Okay. We could think of a lot of different things, but Going back to the original callback, anxiety. If you have sort of a low-level anxiety situation, which a lot of people do. That's going to get worse. It's going to get worse, guaranteed. So now is the time to get an assessment of, you know, because a pulse untaken, right, is a undetected pulse problem. Okay, you know, a problem that's not identified is a problem that should be focused on and treated. So if you don't really if you're just so used to living with anxiety and you don't really think about it, um, it's a problem. So why not just go, Okay, how am I do a temperature check on your anxiety level? Okay, my anxiety level sucked recently. So now's the time. You don't have to live like that because I think a lot of people just feel like this is my biology. I have an anxiety disorder, so I just have to live with this. And I was like that for years. Yeah. Until I met you. Yeah. Until I knew it was okay to talk about it. Yeah. So it's funny because, you know, I I hadn't listened to Howard Stern for years and years. And then once he got on Sirius, I stopped listening to him. I I listened to him when he was on regular radio. And then I started listening to him. And he's, you know, this is a guy who's been in therapy for years. And he talks about the the power and the efficacy of therapy. And therapy is not something I've ever done, not something you've ever done. Uh, We just don't have time. But you know, the unexamined life, basically, what he's, what he's talking about. And he's so actualized now, weirdly, at this stage of his life. So if your anxiety is really out of control and you really think about it, maybe this is the time to start therapy. As you go into the holidays, if there was ever a time to start therapy, if you were going to do it, it's right before your stress That's a great and anxiety idea. level I goes through the roof. Yeah. Don't feel at all embarrassed or insecure or, you know, like you're being weak if you go into therapy. I mean, I think that's – we grew up thinking if you went well, into that's therapy – That's what we were taught. Yeah, you go to therapy, you're, you've got a problem. It's just like tutoring. I mean, when I was in high school, if you had a tutor, you know, you were – is embarrassing that you right. needed a tutor. Right. Now, right. if I was in high school now, to me, I'd have a tutor in every subject. Yeah, why? why not? Why not? I have a trainer for lifting weights. I have a trainer for cardio. That's I, why they shouldn't call it. They need a better name. Yeah, they should have a tutor that maybe they can call a three-der. <laughs> okay. Oh, no? Not funny? A little bit? No. This is Dr. and Mrs. Guinea Pig with Terry and Heather Dubrow thought about just how little you know about your parents? Like, did you ever ask your mom about the time she started in the school play? Or do you know any stories from your dad's time in the military? I mean, every once in a while, my mom will say, so when I was at the blah, 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 I'm like, wait a minute. Hold on. What's the blah, blah, blah? I've never talked about that before. Forever note. It makes it easy for families to preserve their most precious memories, traditions, and stories. This is so cool because it's kind of like writing your memoirs. This book, you write this thing and the book is professionally edited and designed. Then you can discover details about your loved one's lives that you never knew. You can get interviewed in Spanish, 
Mandarin, Korean. It's so cool. And other services can cost upwards of $2,000, but with Forever Note, you get a book authentic to your loved one's voice starting at just $99. Look, I, you might think, oh my gosh, that sounds like a lot of work. I'm never going to do that. No, it's totally simple. You sign up a loved one and you schedule just a, a convenient phone interview. And their team transcribes the audio from the interview. Then Forever Note prints it as a beautiful keepsake quality book. It's as easy as that. They'll get prompted with questions. They'll be able to tell their stories. And you know, people love to talk. Visit forevernote.com slash Dubrow for a special offer. You can get $25 off and get started today. Give the gift of a lifetime in time for the holidays. This is Dr. and Mrs. Guinea Pig. So I think this episode of Dr. and Mrs. Guinea Pig is obviously about what to do for the next few months, how to prevent that disaster from happening to you, or at least how to maximize your experience in your holidays. Right. So let's move off anxiety for a second and just talk about health in general. So what can people do? Because we talk a lot um, with our supplements and stuff when we're at Shop HQ and even to each other about um, starting now, like not waiting until January 1 to start the new program, to get healthy. You do it now. Okay. So let, let's, I'll tell you what, how I feel about this and you tell me how you feel. Okay. okay. So I think what people, people who like to give advice to other people, the mistake they make at this time of the year is they say, okay. You know, most of the weight gain of the year is in these three months, right? This is when you average American gains about 14 pounds during these three months. Why? You relax a bit. You stop exercising as much. The weather's colder and you're eating holiday foods, okay? And once that sort of occurs, then it spins out of control. The big mistake I think advice givers give is that don't let that happen to you. You know, now's the time to go on a diet Now's the time. BS. You're going to enjoy yourself. You're going to have holiday meals. You're going to increase your calorie intake. You just are going to. If you don't, fantastic for you, but most likely you're going to do that. So the best advice is to do it within the framework of I am going to increase my calories. I am going to eat foods that I necessarily don't normally eat during the other times of the year. But how do you mitigate? How do you soften, mollify those effects? Well, I think the thing to do is to – Knowing you're going to go to holiday parties, knowing you're going to eat some crummy food or not delicious, high calorie, high fat food, high carb food, I think it's important to save those periods. Bank your points like they do. What's that diet? Weight Watchers. Weight Watchers. So in in the similar way, you say, well, I need to go – I need to control my appetite. And how can I control my appetite for long, sort of longer periods of time, knowing that I'm going to have more unrestricted calorie intake during this time? Well, one, during those periods when you're sort of during the day and you're, you're anticipating the big meal later, take very, in very low calorie food that's very satisfying, that tricks your body into feeling full. And one of the best ways of doing that is foods that are of warm temperature, like hot, hot soups. Very helpful. Yeah, bone broth is really good, bouillon. Bone broth is extraordinarily good for that because bone broth, particularly those types that contain not just bone of cow bones, they contain chicken and marine and egg cartilage and things like that. When they're heated, they go, they, they break down even better and they go into like a gelatinous phase, which increases the absorption of that those proteins much more filling, much more satisfying, and the fact that they're a higher temperature, they trick this receptors in your stomach to feeling the being stimulated and being full. Yeah, the hot cold, hot cold is always a good very, way to do it. Very effective. So if you know, hey, this Friday I'm gonna go out to a holiday party or there's gonna be a lot of food around at night bone broth during the day. I'll tell you what else. So we have, as you all know, our new book is coming out in March 2020, and we have this um, group of guinea pigs that are on the diet. They're all doing amazingly well. We did a live Facebook with them, a Facebook Live with them the other night, which was super fun. But one uh, one of the gals had said to me, um, 
I'm going to a wedding. I'm nervous, you know, because you know what happens. Holidays, weddings, parties, you're sort of trapped because you're eating their food and you can't really control it, right? Right. And their food's going to be more delicious, so they've added more fats and processed things. Exactly. And so, so what I told her to do and what we usually tell people to do is, first of all, to have some kind of low-calorie meal or replacement shake, meal replacement shake, like an hour before you go to these things. That way, you're not hungry. Because when you're hungry, you make bad choices and you start picking at fried appetizers and things that maybe you wouldn't normally do. Because have you ever done that at a party? And you, you go, oh, why did I eat that? That wasn't even worth it, but I was hungry and it was there. And all it did was stimulate your appetite. And now you're just, and then you feel like, oh, I blew it already, so who cares? So I, so have that that snack, that healthy snack or that shake like an hour before you go to these things. And then the other thing I told her to do is like every time they bring something you don't want to eat, go get up and dance. Burn some calories, have some fun. These events are not just about food. They're about hanging out with people, about dancing, about laughing, about having a little cocktail if you if you so choose to, and just having a good time. I think we have to take the focus off of the food part of it, but then make good choices and Eat the things that you really want to eat. Right. And the best way to do that, make good choices, don't go hungry, as you said. Yep, don't go hungry. And so um, we feel that I think it's very important this next several months is to get control of your appetite before you go, knowing you're going to pig out some of these things. I Pig out. Do it. You, it's, but choose the moments. Yeah, choose those moments. But what happens is if you pig out those and that stimulates your appetite, stretches your stomach, then you immediately start hungry again the next day. And then when you're hungry and your stomach is stretched out and your receptors are saying, feed me, see more, you want more and more, <laughs> that's when you start to spin out. So now it takes more food to be feel full at lunch. It takes more food to feel full at breakfast. And then boom, another holiday eating event with relatives, family, and friends comes, and now your stomach is way open and dilated. Your receptors need a lot more stimulation before you feel full again, and that's how you spin out of control. So definitely plan for eating more and eating richer foods and eating holiday foods, but do it smart. Think of it like this. Here's a tennis tournament. If there's a sports match that's coming up in the next three months, you want to get in shape. The way to get in shape is to prep yourself, is to work out. Well, in the short term, working out your stomach is giving it very low calorie, very satisfying foods like bone broth that keep your stomach small, keep the volume of it small, trick the receptors that are responsible for satiety, for fullness, stimulated, but don't stretch your stomach out. And then when you do eat the big, bad holiday meals, your stomach will snap right back and not be starving the next day. Yeah. What I would also say is two things I would add to that. Number one, stop eating when you're full. And and I that took me years to be able to do that because I like to eat. And if I'm eating something incredibly delicious, even if I'm full, I'll eat the whole plate. Like my son, our son, Nikki, he'll eat something like a donut, right? He'll uh, get down to the last bite and he puts it down. That's genetic. That's biological. That's so weird. We never, we I'm like, why are you doing that? He goes, I'm full. I'm done. I yeah. go, but there's one bite that, left. Why that, wouldn't you just eat it? Because I would have just eaten it. That was, was your my dad. dad. Yeah. I know. It's yeah. so weird. But anyway, he's got it together because he stops eating when he's full. So recognize when you are full. The other thing that I've started doing is portioning my food, meaning, all right, so a lot of times when you go to a restaurant or you go to a wedding or you go to an event or whatever, they want the food to be, you know, sumptuous and over the top and make, you know, feed you a lot, right? So what I do is I actually portion out on the plate what I want to eat. Right. So that way I don't have to worry about it. I go, all right, I'm going to eat this piece of fish and I'm going to eat these vegetables. I'm going to have these, this potato over here. This is what I'm going to eat. I'm going to eat this. And then whatever else is on the plate, I mean, I don't push it aside to be rude, but I mean, I, I section, like I figure out what I want to eat. And then I enjoy every bite of it because I'm not worried, should that be my last bite? Should I have another bite? Am I full? I just do that. And when I'm done with that, I sit and I wait. And then you realize you're full because a lot of times the other mistake people make is they eat really fast and you don't even realize you're full because you're eating so fast. Right. And so the other thing, so that's that's the how to prep your stomach to go into the un, more unrestricted eating, how to have 
how to conduct yourself when you're doing the unrestricted eating. And then the other thing is, and this is really important, you've got to keep your metabolic rate up. And the best way to keep your metabolic rate up, if possible, obviously get a good night's sleep. But more importantly, or equally importantly, but I think more importantly in terms of weight management, is you've got to stay active. Now, I'm not talking you're joining a gym now. If you're not in a gym, you're not going to join it right before you go into the holidays, right? You might, if you can, good for you. But make it easy. Make it super, super easy. Every day, as much as you possibly can, just make sure you go out for a walk or you do an activity that gets your heart rate above its baseline, meaning get as close to 100 as you possibly can. If you can push it over 100, that's going to increase your metabolic rate, your calorie burn, and it's going to minimize the damage that that unrestricted eating does. By the way, our phones now will count your steps for you. You don't need a fancy watch or a heart monitor. Yeah. So... Yeah. So, so the point is, it's it's the prep going into the unrestricted eating. It's the way you conduct yourself when you're doing the unrestricted eating. It's the physical activity. Everybody, it, we're not saying what we're giving. What we're t- saying is being very. We're being very, very realistic. This is very, very easy. And if you do these things, even if you gain two pounds, three pounds, you didn't gain ten. You didn't gain fifteen. You didn't gain seventeen. And you don't have to face January second with the oh my god I'm what gonna, did I do? I'm going to spend a bunch of money awful. I'm going to spend a bunch of money that I don't have because I just spent all this money on Christmas gifts and I'm going to join a gym that I'm never going to go to I, I want y- your you know new- I have to say I thought that the way that I I didn't mean to interrupt you I'm sorry but I thought that the way that I did Europe was the way I'm going to do the holidays how is that? Exactly what you're talking about, which is to be really mindful about it, to keep moving. Walked a lot. I didn't exercise every day like in a gym or go for a run. Not very often, actually, for the, those couple of weeks. But we were active, walking around, seeing things, whatever. Um, but I was also mindful about my food. I did. Uh, we ate more, meaning, than we usually do. Way more. Uh, more meals than we usually do. But... Um, I, I picked and chose when I was having high fat meals or high carb meals, I should say, actually, my high carb meals were, were chosen. I didn't have everything at every meal. I was really thoughtful about when I was going to eat those things and splurge. And then I really got to enjoy them. Yeah. And the other thing is, um, try as much as you possibly can to eat low glycemic index foods, yeah. low incidence, insulin stimulating foods. What that means is when you're having a carb, like let's use fruit, for example. Okay. So there are certain fruits that the carbs in it immediately dissolve into your system and raise your blood sugar like levels, what? like watermelon, you know? Um, but then there's carbs, fruits that very minimally raise your blood sugar levels like berries. Hmm. So if you're going to eat fruit this holiday season, as much as you possibly can, make them of the berry variety, okay? And, you know, if you're going to follow our, our the Bro Keto Fusion diet, which is basically a, a combining the two, you're going to eat high fat foods with protein during the day and then you're going to recarb at night, you know, eat eat foods that have low glycemic index is in them like nuts yeah. nuts nuts are High, good nuts are good and you know not the white not the white foods the darker foods are all better avocados is obviously the classic example right so there are ways you can splurge cuz it uh, we're not saying do not splurge i'm probably repeating that too much but we're, you're going to splurge. Splurge. Do it. But do it and come out the other side of it alive. Yep. <laughs> this is Dr. and Mrs. Guinea Pig with Terry and Heather Dubrow. LaCroix Sparkling Water was developed to give health-conscious consumers refreshment, flavor, and sparkle with an innocent twist of zero calories, zero sweeteners, and zero sodium. Come on, you've heard of LaCroix. My kids love it. I love it. There's 25 flavors, and they are confirmed to be derived from natural sources with natural fruit essences. LaCroix's distinctive packaging, robust aroma, and natural essence, which is what makes LaCroix the innocent alternative for health-conscious consumers. Zero calories, zero sweeteners, zero sodium. That equals innocent. 
Plus, they're so delicious. You're going to fool everyone in your family, even the ones that don't want to be healthy. There are 15 LaCroix flavors. The newest one is hibiscus. There's also key lime, tangerine, mango, apricot, passion fruit, on and on and on. Terry likes coconut. I love lime. And the kids like orange and grapefruit. The LaCroix family also includes six LaCroix Curate. Those are the fancy blends like piña fraise, pineapple strawberry, mure pepino, blackberry cucumber, and on and on and on. Plus, the newly added flavors to the Nicola theme, coconut cola, cubano, which is mojito, and coffee exotica, which is Sumatra coffee and cola, all of which contain no caffeine or alcohol, just naturally essence flavor. LaCroix sparkling waters and LaCroix curate sparkling waters are gluten-free, vegan, kosher, and non-GMO, Whole30 approved, and environmentally friendly. I mean, what more could you want? Everyone can drink and enjoy LaCroix, and LaCroix cans are perpetually sustainable and recyclable. Enjoy LaCroix sparkling water, a calorie sweetener and sodium innocent beverage with nothing artificial. LaCroix is a healthy alternative for you and your lifestyle and is available nationwide. For a full list of retailers, visit www.lacroixwater.com. For more information, join the LaCroix community on social at LaCroix, that's L-A-C-R-O-I-X, water, LaCroix water, or check them out at www.lacroixwater.com. Now, back to Dr. and Mrs. Guinea Pig with Terry and Heather Dubrow. Okay, so in, in conclusion? In conclusion, what we're telling you is... You can go into this holiday season and come out a winner. When you're in control. When you're in control, both in control of the natural stress you're going to face, the increased calorie and unrestricted food intake you're going to face, the challenges that stress, the natural increased stress will have on your finances, stresses that you will have, uh, the holidays will have on your health, on your anxiety. This is the time to break out that yellow legal pad. By the way, it doesn't have to be a yellow legal pad. It can be, but under, it's nice it can it be on your smartphone, okay? Whatever it is on your laptop, your home computer, a white piece of paper, a dark piece of paper, who cares? The point is, do it right now. Write out a structure for dealing with these things that are coming and do it with a smile on your face. And I promise you, January 2nd, 3rd, and 4th, you'll go, wow, this is the least damage I've ever done and the best holiday I've ever had because I went into it smart. And then on January 5th, you'll all be ready for my birthday. Yes. <laughs> the next level of financial stress. Oh, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> hey, this was really fun. It was very informative for me even to like regroup and think about it because I've been wondering about these last 70 days and I'm focused on business right now because I have my capsule collection coming out December 14th. So I'm kind of focused that way. That's a big stressor. Um, Although a lot of fun. That's been it's good that's, stress. It's good stress. I, I, we're in a better place now with the whole thing. So I'm excited about it. I'm excited about the big launch in March. It's just cool. You know, I think the point is we're trying to give you tips so that you all have fun for you these know, last seven years. You know what days. I'm excited about right now? The big launch of the culinary uh, delights that we're about to have in a fabulous L.A. restaurant called, called Catch. Let's do it. Oh, yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we will see you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to Dr. and Mrs. Guinea Pig with Terry and Heather Dubrow. Download new episodes every week on the Podcast One app, iTunes, or at podcastone.com.